Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Creative people and how they do their thing and hang in there is what I love to talk about. And today I have two guests for the price of one, Florian Klein and Carol Foreman. And uh, Florian Klein created a new musical called Shooting Star. It's a love story set in the dry, deadpan world of gay porn. And Carol Foreman is the only actress in the piece. It's all men other than her. And uh, she's one of the stars of the show. So Carol and I go way, way back. When I first moved to Los Angeles in the late 80s, I came here to do a musical theater workshop at the Music Center. Uh, It was 12 weeks long. It was five nights a week, six hours a night. It was one of those very intense, we're going to break you and then build you back up again kind of experiences. But... The people that went through it together have this sort of bond, like we went through a war together. And so seeing Carol again and, and, and revisiting that and thinking about that and seeing how much great work she's done in her career and how she, of all the people in the workshop, has really done the acting thing, the musical theater thing. Um, it was great to talk to her, and I cannot believe how much time has gone by. And Florian, it was so fun to talk to him about the... Um, development of the show and he does light up when he talks about it and he makes you excited he makes you excited to see the show and get on board with it so i haven't seen it yet i'm gonna see it soon um and they were both really fun to talk to we did it in the lobby of the theater and so there's some comings and goings um carol disappears for a while to go get makeup i think or something to do something to do with showbiz uh before the show and then comes back and so it's a little you'll hear a little uh kerfuffling in the background um, but they were a blast. Uh, before we get to the interview, though, I want to encourage you to go to DennisAnyone.net. Uh, there you can do things like uh, donate to my virtual tip jar. It helps cover the expenses of the podcast. They're not much, but they add up, and every little uh, bit of help helps. Um, you can also see pictures that go with different podcasts sometimes and um, other fun stuff like that. Also, if you're in Los Angeles, this Saturday, June 1st, is... National Tabletop Board Game Day. Did you know that? I know you probably didn't make any plans. So in honor of that, we're having a get-together to play the game that I co-created, You Don't Know My Life, at Mod Pizza in North Hollywood from 3 to 6. So just come out and play the game, get some pizza, and um, carve out, and have fun, and celebrate National Tabletop Game Day, finally. A reason to uh, go on living. There you go. All right, um... That's enough for this for this uh, pluggy part. Let's get to the interview. Here are Florian Klein and Carol Foreman. Hey there, I'm coming to you from the lobby of the Hudson Theater here in Theater Row in Los Angeles. I'm talking to somebody that I've known for so long, <laughs> uh, actress and writer Carol Foreman, and she is part of a new show called Shooting Star. It's a musical love story set in the world of gay porn, and we're also here with the writer of the show, Florian Klein. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Hello. lobby. Thanks yes. for having us. You guys open tomorrow night. That's it, boo. So tonight's wow. your preview? Oh, Lord, yes. How's it been going? <laughs> it's been amazing. It's been terrifying because with new work, you never know right. what you're getting yourself into until right. you're in the middle of it. 
I know not, not only as an artist, but also I know the technical and creative and producing staff. And it's, right. But I feel like the bigger the stakes also, too, the bigger the payoff. Yeah. You know? And it's just, you know, but we all, we're all, you know, it's one of the few projects that I've been a part of where I feel like I'm really part of this team. That's great. Really and you've done great. so much work. Then, yeah. I met you when I first moved to Los Angeles. I came out here to do a musical theater workshop at the Music oh, Center. And you did. and I were in it together. We survived it together. It was 1980. 86. Oh, it's at the Wayback Machine, Sherman. We, right? God, help us. We, we, it was 12 weeks. It was five nights a week, six hours a night. It was like fame school, like intense, was, right? yeah. There was a lot of mindfuckery, mm-hmm. but there was really good people involved in it. And of all the people in it, I think you're the one that has done the thing that we were all there to do, which is wow. performed and build a career in musical theater and also television and film and all this yeah. other stuff. You did it. I did it. You did it. I don't know, motherfucker. <laughs> you did it. It's amazing. By hook and crook. Right. So I want to talk more about the workshop and stuff like that because we have memories to share. But I want to get into she the show. Exactly. Yeah. So th- let's start with you, Florian. How did the idea for the show come up? When did you start writing it? Where? What was the beginning of it for you? Uh, I was in 2013. That's when I had the idea because uh, Shooting Star is ba- loosely based on my own experiences in as the a, adult as an film actor, world. A performer. Uh, yes. Right. In, as an adult film performer. Nice. Um, uh, the only difference, or the biggest difference in the show is that my protagonist, Taylor, is, when I started writing it uh, 20 years younger, now he's like more than 25 years younger. <laughs> How old is Taubert? I think I don't 23 know. or something He was a like student that. of mine, you know. Oh, really? In Florida. Like, Tower is our, our lead, yeah, our phenomenal wow. lead. Yes. He's the lead, and he sort of plays your alter ego. Right, he's like but the mini-me. I call older. him mini-me, yeah. Right. Because yeah. I wanted to make it an, a, a coming-of-age story as well, right. like young actor coming to coming to Hollywood. Right. Um, I wasn't that young anymore. I was in my late 30s when I when I, when I I came to Hollywood um, and pursued my acting dream and was uh, auditioning a lot and not working a lot, but I did a lot of catering. Right. And uh, I always say the universe got me wrong because I was working for the stars. Like, I, I catered a small uh, a cocktail party for back then Senator Barack Obama. Right. So I served them drinks. I worked for Meryl Streep. was a shadow for Meryl Streep. So I always worked for the stars and never with the stars. Right. So they got the signals crossed somehow. The yeah. Right. And then um, I met a, a couple that was dancing at Mickey's in West Hollywood. Right. And they said, uh, do you know, Dick, you want to you wanna start go dancing? And I said, well, at, at that point, I said I was in my late, in my late 30s already. I said, well, if somebody wants to see me half naked dancing somewhere I was like why, why not exactly. and the money is good and then um, I started dancing down and I started dancing all over the country and um, what I didn't know is go-go dancing and porn is very mm-hmm. close Right. so a lot of the guys that I was dancing with did porn uh, before and um, they told me they shared their experiences and I don't know I mean obviously if you're I think if you're an actor you might be an exhibitionist um, right. I think like I'm definitely an exhibitionist. Otherwise, I would have not been comfortable working as a go-go dancer. Right. Yeah. And then, if you like sex, then especially I think as a man, I don't know if you think yeah. about it, but um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, my straight brother, yeah. yeah, my straight brother was like, "Wow, porn, that great, getting paid uh, a good money yeah. for having sex." So the idea was always there. But when when the first recruiter um, asked me while I was go-go dancing, my answer was the same as Taylor's. Uh, uh, no, I'm an actor. I can't do that. Right. Yeah. I'm a serious actor. Yes. I'm 
I'm, I, I I'm can't legit. Do that. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like I can do that. It's like once I do yeah. this, it's like it's, it's not possible. And at some point, I realized uh, as more and more offers came in, at some point, I realized there's not really an acting career that I can destroy. <laughs> and why not? I can become exactly. a star in a different universe. <laughs> so right. in 2012, I, I I I had a conversation with Titan, um, the big porn studio yeah, in, in, in um, San Francisco, and because uh, I had the same misconceptions about doing porn that it's all drugs and fun and games. Right. And I had like an hour conversation in the car. I was on the way to Santa Monica for another edition mm-hmm. there for a, for a commercial edition, right. and I had all, all these questions. And and then he said, No, no, no. It's like it's 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 real work. It's like it's it's yeah. it's. It's, it's real. Hours, yeah. Yes. So I decided to to do um, porn, and then in in, uh, in June 2012, I said I shot my first scene with Titan, and having been on on, on Hollywood sets before, right. mainly as as an extra. <laughs> um, it was very much the same. You get there, you 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 sign your paperwork, right. you're there to work, um, and the faster you work, the better you work, um, the the faster the the, pro- the right. product time is, is done. Money. Right, yeah. time is money. Yeah, and your chances of of getting called back of actually. Right. Creating a career, making a career out of that, are are very high. Hmm. Um, so it's like the same thing. We have even a song about about it, um, yeah. where it's like, yeah, be on time and 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 yeah, treat it like a real it's career. It's a business. Yeah, you know, it's the a business. Same thing. Yeah, with yeah. acting. Yeah. And then I thought, I mean, one of the things that I that I've learned through doing porn is how how uh, verlogen. That's a that's a German word because originally I'm from Germany. Right. Um, the hypo- how hypocritical our society is because. Because you, like, there's sex everywhere. Right. But if you work as a sex worker, and someone who does porn is a sex worker, in my opinion, um, then there's all this judgment coming. Of course. Because I came to Hollywood to be to be a star and to have right. fans and to travel, and and all of that came true. Just the type of acting has slightly changed. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, here I am, and then and then. Pretty early on, I shot uh, with with someone who um, used up all of his money um, to produce his his own music, and I was performing at Mickey's and other right. um, as a singing the singing porn star. Right, and I was like, wow, uh, porn singing, and that's when the idea of a porn musical was created was was born in my head. I love it. Now, Carol, which kind of role do you play in this film? I play a role that's actually inspired by a real life person that right. Florian knows. Um, she's one of the only. From my research, two female uh, directors of gay porn films. Right. Her name is Mr. Pam, but I play Mr. Sue. Okay. Uh, in it, um, and I, I think the story is loosely about Mr. Pam was that she was a, 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 an editing student. Okay. One, one of her earlier internships, when she was you know in her early twenties, yeah. was editing a, a gay film, right. a gay adult film, and she really liked it. Yeah. You know? And um, she said that she identifies as, as bisexual and she was dating women at the time. Right. She just really loved She was into it. She was totally into it and um, has probably more sexually fluid. And I had the opportunity to meet her. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Amazing. <laughs> she hugged me and she was crying. She was so moved by the performance. And I was really touched by it. Right. So we've kind of spoken off and on. And um, so... Uh, but, but I've been doing research. Florian was really kind to share some of uh, interviews with her, and she's got yes. tons of videos. She's yes. very outgoing. Right. She's very enthusiastic, and she loves her work. She loves what she does, and she's very sex positive, yes. right. which I which I am right. probably not really being aware of it for so long right. because I've always been very open 
I guess, about my sexuality, even if not participating in right. it. Um, because I grew up uh, in... Uh, I'm sorry, this is a curious conversation. I grew I up in it. Church of Christ, which was no dancing, you know, because that right. led to sexual immorality. And, right. and I was basically a virgin until I was Where 21. Was that? that was in San Diego until I moved to L.A. And I was what? like, yay, great, the sexual revolution is <laughs> over. <laughs> right. Shit, what yeah. happened? Here comes AIDS. Yeah, you know. that's fun. Yeah, and it was at the time. And uh, But, you know, all of my friends, you know, growing up in theater and with musicians, you know, I always had people, you know, uh, bi friends, gay friends, lesbian friends, and, and I didn't understand all the judgment around it. And I, I said, you know, there's something is wrong here. And I ended up leaving the church because I was tired of feeling like a hypocrite. And, right. And um, so I love playing this role. So in a way, you know, I get to live out, you know, all the fantasies of all the things I wish I could have, should have, would have right. done. And it's wonderful just to have her as a model. Nice. Um, for this and it's a great role and also what I love about this show yes. is that it was it wasn't the typical campy script that you would expect from a right. gay porn musical because so many of them you're thinking oh it's going to be high camp and it's right. going to be a send up of the porn industry right. and that was my fear about it and then you know and it came from Michael Donovan I was like well I can't say no to Michael you know right if who's he's Michael Donovan right he's the casting okay, director I've heard the name yeah yeah and he's been really so that's supportive. how it came to you yeah they, he made me the offer for the reading yeah and uh I, I was I was like, oh, yes, that's Michael. And I got the copy of the script. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, shit, no. And I was like, okay, calm down. Michael likes it. And I read it, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting because you never hear of a story from this point of view, from someone who's lived it. Right. And um, just all of the issues that it brings up and just kind of the grittiness of it. And, you know, Florian doesn't really hold back. Right. And it's been fun. It's been a, a great ride. What were the issues you wanted to explore with it, the themes? Well, basically what I just said, like how, how hypocritical our society is, like right. the judgment. And I wanted to show that that porn people, um, there's more that connects us than separates us. And yeah. I wanted to focus on, on, on their, definitely on the family aspect, that you yeah. can find a family of friends. Especially when, you, when you're gay, it's like you're always like, you're looking for a family, for a right. family of friends. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it's not just a gay thing. Right, of <laughs> course. Um, and... Uh, and then also is that the stereotype that we have that these are all bad bad people that it's all about sex that or it's damaged. all about drugs they're yeah, damaged, damaged. Yeah. something happened to them when they that, were kids right or and they're, that they're all victims yeah, yeah. That they're all victims like I always hate that so um, I wanted to humanize the industry but not by showing like hey porn is great I'm, I'm showing different layers yeah, of porn it. I also have the young kid in there who got into porn a little too early mm-hmm. um, and who has drug problems but um, Taylor my lead like me comes from a happy family home and his mm-hmm. mom right loves him and they're they're okay with him being being uh, gay right um We'll find out if they're okay with the porn world sure. in, 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 in the show as well. This is going to be a real litmus test, I think, <laughs> when audiences come to right. see it because there are just some things that I'm kind of used to hearing now and the language right. and how yeah. graphic it is. And even when sending out my email right. of all the shows, I was You're like, difference, this isn't for everybody. Or there was some kind of this thing of like... Well, I have a best friend oh, no. of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's a, yeah you know, you were on my You're select like, list. You're I'm, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not sending this to everyone on my list. <laughs> there was something there, yeah. Yeah, I had to do a disclaimer, you know, because, you know, my husband's side of the family, they're yeah. very conservative, very religious right. people. I'm like, oh, no, they are not going to be into right. this. But some friends of mine, even if I mention it to uh, a girlfriend of mine, said, oh, porn and musical in the same sentence. Yeah. I have to come see it. And, and what, uh, what made you think musical? Because there have been shows before. There was a show called Making Making Porn, Porn Johnny yeah, 15, uh, um, 20 years ago. Larson. Uh, yeah. Ronnie Larson? Ronnie Larson, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how I knew that, but yeah. yeah. 
And I talked to him like while I was developing it. I actually talked to him. We became Facebook friends, and we started. That's talking. awesome. Yeah, we started talking on Facebook. As I said, the story was born because of Jesse Aris, who yeah. I shot with. Who, if you if you look him up, like you can buy his music on under Aristirado right. um, uh, on iTunes, and and he sparked the idea because it was like mm. a singing porn star. I'd never written a musical before. I was really like that Hollywood actor that had a had a script in his head, as like right. many stories in his head, but never never a musical. That makes and, me so mad because it's so hard to write a musical. Right. And he did such a beautiful job. And so I, I, out, I outlined it like that. That took me um, set to 2013. I, 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 I built the story, and the story right. hasn't really yeah. changed that much. I think the campiness. At first, I didn't really know how how true and honest I wanted it to be. Right. Um, and the the more I developed the characters, the the more real they became. And and I think I managed to create three dimensional characters did. that people yeah. like. And and it's also. A show, yes, my my Taylor, and that's the fictional part. Taylor right. finds love, falls in love. Let's say this way: falls in love within the within the porn world. Mm-hmm. Has never really happened to me. I went out on dates with with uh, with some uh, uh, other porn performers, but uh, that porn love I haven't found. We'll see in the show if Taylor <laughs> finds it. Right. But why, what made you think musical, musical. And, and why you wanted to tell the story in this way? Well, the musical because I said it because of Jesse because yeah. of Jesse Aris. It sings. It yes. sings the emotion. What, do you have a big okay. number? What's your number? What are your numbers? Number. I can't. I don't know if I can. Are there tell any titles, it. song titles you can yeah, share? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he was well, yeah. It kind of gives away. Yeah, it kind of gives a yeah, yeah, point, yeah. But, but it's a great number. What's right? a song? A couple of songs that you can share the names yeah. of. Well, well, one of the songs is also is called "All the Lovers." Right. And so um, the the way that 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 as I said, I, the way that it was written was that I had the idea. Yeah, right. That's what that was. That's what I was actually what I was saying. So I I had the story in my in my head. I outlined outlined it in 2013, and in 2014 I had foot surgery and had to go back to Germany for a few months. Right. Uh, and I'm from the southern part of Germany in the Alps, and it was dark. It was winter and that gave me enough time and no distraction to write my first uh, 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 musical uh, script or the book as they say in musical theater Um, and uh, thanks to the internet because you can look it up how it's written and a major influence was actually The Little Mermaid that's when you, when, you, when you look at the Little Mermaid because the the shooting star, even though as I said, it's a very true and honest show, yeah. um, it also has that Disney uh, theme yeah. in there of like the the hero's quest to happiness. Yeah. The music is so well written. Your composer and lyricist yeah. are. I mean, it's some of the most. It's really beautifully written yeah. music, and it's really satisfying to sing um, because they're so well constructed. They're beautiful lyrics and also really haunting melodies. And also, a great, he actually bases a character on the singing porn actor yeah. that was influenced this guy who's trying to become a music star, and it's a great number. I mean, the, the guys are just all in Speedos. <laughs> well, of course they are. <laughs> you know, doing this number, but it's such a great, catchy pop tune. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're in a nightclub singing along with your favorite Yeah, it was very lucky to get to get the composer because when I was yeah. finally done, uh, Kevin, who was in the audience yesterday, I think, who introduced yeah, right. you, yeah. he works for um, the Gay and Lesbian Museum in Berlin. Right. And uh, they had an exhibition about gay porn and through Facebook he heard of my project and he was like 
I love musical theater. Can we do can we do a reading? And I said, Well, first of all, it's not even done yet. I don't know if it's ever gonna be done and there's no music. He said, Well, come to Berlin and we'll do as much as you can. So that gave me a deadline. So right. in, in February twenty fifteen I, I had a dead I had a deadline, went to um, Berlin, hired uh, uh, about like twelve actors because the cast was mm-hmm. a little was a little bigger, did my first reading there in front of hundred and fifty people, the first musical that I'd ever written. Mm-hmm. Would have probably been a four hour musical because it had many more songs <laughs> in it. Because I had written all the lyrics before before like, I've written the story, the only thing that I had not written was the music. And uh, someone in the audience was Thomas Zaufke, yeah, uh, my, my composer, uh, who said, love the project, I want to become your, your composer. And he wrote the first song that um, James sings, our older porn oh, star. Golden Days. Right. Oh, about the old porn industry as compared yeah. to the new porn it's, industry. I call it the, the Cassie of gay porn. He's like yeah. aging out. Right. I call yeah. him the Norma, like that's a Norma the Norma Desmond. Desmond the Norma Desmond of gay porn. porn. Moment, yeah. 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 So Thomas wrote that song and I was like, okay, I really want to have you as a, as a sorry, as a, um, as a composer. He suggested I should have a professional lyricist look over the lyrics. So when I moved back to New York uh, in 2015, mm-hmm. I found Eric Ransom, who then looked over all the lyrics, rewrote uh, lyrics, wrote new lyrics, and he's amazing. Like his lyrics, like he's uh, yeah. he's like a lyric Nazi because he's like <laughs> his rhymes are so There's spot so on. Right. Stephen Schwartz would be proud. Yeah, right. <laughs> he doesn't do any of those half-assed. Pretend Hello, it's a is rhyme. it me you're looking yeah. for? Oh, yeah, yeah, like it's not no. really a rhyme, but no. we're gonna pretend. No. Yeah, he is—he's amazing. He's so witty, and he he's managed. Fun. Yeah, he managed to do like some dirty words in the in the songs. Coming, my favorite one is the red carpet. Coming yeah. at you from the red carpet, dripping with sass. It's been another great year for cock and ass. We brought the whole crew out to Vegas to celebrate all the boys you enjoy when you masturbate. From the Hard Rock Hotel, where the fun won't stop, <laughs> till we've doled out the awards from bottom to top. Right. Come join us at the Jizz Biz. <laughs> we'll raise a I drink. I love the Jizz to best, Biz. To best newcomer, best duo, best hardcore, and best kink. Right, so, so it's, there's an award. It's like a pattern. Yes, yeah, it's, there's a yeah, big there. red carpet. Yeah, I love it. Were you ever up for an award in real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won. I won best top and best uh, best duo um, at, oh, the, at the Grand. Yeah. That's yeah. a good year. Yeah, well, that was not the same year. It was like a different. Oh, that, okay. Year. Yeah. Did you give a speech? You did the whole thing. Yeah, I'm also. I also work as an HIV acti- activist. Right. And when uh, in 2017, you're, you're wearing a shirt that says, says "U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable." So someone like me who is on, on, on successful uh, medication right. can pass the virus on anymore. Right. So, because I'm, I'm big, like, I, I'm, I learned that by speaking the truth, talking open about yeah. your own HIV, HIV infection, you can help uh, people deal with it and, and, and break HIV stigma and be, right. become a role model. And I saw that porn also gave me a voice to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of HIV education here in the U.S. and also in Germany. Yeah. Like, in Germany, I'm a role model for U equals U for the uh, treatment as prevention. Nice. And when I gave the speech, I was actually like, I, I basically, as Hans, uh, as my porn performer, and I was <laughs> what's, porn, what's Hans porn? Berlin. Okay, nice. Yes. Okay. Very Hans German. Right. No, I like it. I actually got Hans from Gogo Dancing because when I was Gogo Dancing, like Taylor does in yeah. the show, yeah. and I, people was like, what's your name? Florian. Gloria? It's like, Florian, what? So I thought, like, what's a typical German name? Hans. Right. It's like, oh, okay. it's German. When, it, when you won the award, did it mean, what did it mean to you? Well, you kind of like was like yeah. it was kind of exciting because yeah. as I said, it's like th- that's what I, that's what I mean and that's what I feel like. But I hope that people take away when they see the when they see the show that um, 
why is a porn award not? Why is this something that people make fun of? I mean, it is also shows that your fans love you, that 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 you do good, that you do a good job. Yeah. So it's like, what's the they difference? Like, that they like you. They really yeah. like you. It's right. the same. Yeah. No matter what the award right. is. They love you're an, you yeah, too. you're right. an, you're yeah. an entertainer. Like you entertain yeah. people. What's the difference between Madonna being on stage yeah. or me being yeah. on stage accepting an yeah. award? But I think there's also more culturally now more of a crossover mm. between more acceptance of, of sex workers. I mean, look at Cardi B. Look at actors cast in Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we, and we grew up, I mean, basically, America is a culture yeah. that was settled by, you know, all the Puritans, religious fanatics yeah. and yeah. the Puritans that came over here. I mean, even when I, I did art modeling in between acting jobs. Right. And, you know, I met my husband that way because he's an artist. And oh, so wonderful. there was a time, yeah, he's, we've been married eight years now, seven years, forgive me. So when we would go to parties for a while, I wouldn't introduce, you know, yeah. say, so how, how did you guys meet? Oh, so he'd look at me and let me take Whole the foods. lead. Yeah, yeah. So there are, there are some circles where I feel comfortable sharing that and other circles I don't because immediately you get the look up and down. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, well, really, what's the, the big, even though there's no sex involved? Usually, not always, depending. But you know, yeah. you're a consenting adult, so why not? If yeah. there was, so what? But but we still. But I also think it is. I mean, it's kind of endemic over all the discussions we're having about sexuality and our bodies. I mean, right. even when it comes to reproductive rights, mm. we, we're not informed. You know, and when you were talking about speaking your truth about who you are, and you know, just this ease and comfort we have with talking about our health, why not our bodies, our sexual health, right. and that sort of thing. So I think it speaks more to our cultural perceptions. Because we all have stuff in that area, yeah. whether it's secrets that we, things that we have done yeah. or haven't done, or we haven't done it and we feel behind. Yeah. But we all are hung up in different yeah. ways yeah. around it. And so by one person being honest and telling their story and vulnerable, it, I think it kind it of lets everybody off the hook a little bit. Yeah. And it's that, like, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not And alone. that's what the show, yeah. the show like, yeah. it shows you the truth. It shows you how, how these people in the industry are. Yeah. That there is, I mean, there's one line that I love that Eric wrote in there. Um, it's like Cain and Abel, they were brothers too. Because sure. yeah. it's, it's like, we're a family, but watch out. Families. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's backstabbing, but there's backstabbing yeah. everywhere. And as I said, I just always hate this judgment that we get, like, if, if, if a porn star star commits suicide if like a porn star has has drug problems you see that in the music industry like when mm-hmm. when when i lived here um michael jackson died of a of a of a um, i mean yeah an overdose no. like yeah. His, yeah we're not really sure um and <laughs> yeah. then and at the same time i was catering a, a, a was catering a, a grammy party and then whitney houston drowned in the, in the bathtub yeah. bath, bathtub and uh, she's someone that i thought she achieved everything that yeah. i wanted to achieve as an artist but it still didn't make her happy yeah. right. so but she just because she did the clean way of, of being a performer and I'm the dirty way. It's like, but who says that? Who says what's clean and what's dirty? And what makes you happy and what makes you unhappy? I was super unhappy when I when I was living the actor's life here. And then once I started doing porn and I got basically <laughs> everything that I, that I always wanted. Uh, I said fans, uh, fortune, fortune um, um, fame. fame fortune, yeah. yeah. Recognition. Um, right. Yeah. And you actually got and, to do something. Right. Instead of waiting around for the phone to ring to right. have that opportunity yeah. to do something, and yeah. I became a much I wish happier I could get person. Paid to have sex sometimes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I should have been paid. <laughs> um, so I became a much happier person, and as I said, you realized, as I said, how I say it again, how hypocritical our, our society is. And I mean, even now with the with with our show, Raquel, our wonderful general manager, she said uh, Gold Star needs a rating on the show. Oh, and wow. me being German, <laughs> I said, you know, we don't have any violence in it. It's just like a little bit of nudity because there's no real sex 
and no simulated sex yeah. in the show. We have a little bit of nudity in there. Right. We have some language. And I was like, I would say a 12 rating. And she was like, no, it has to be 17 or 18. Right. And I was like, now in Gold oh, Star, we have yeah. an 18, 18 and, and, yeah. and over rating. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Eight, Americans are more uptight about sex than Europeans. That is for we sure. We don't and even have male frontal nudity on TV I, still. I That's know. upsetting to me. Yeah. Um, we have it in the show, though. You damn right you do. Yeah. <laughs> when you started doing porn, as the actor, were you like, I'm going to try to make these things work? Like, did you really try to bring your acting background in the, yeah. in the scenes, the talking scenes before yeah, the yeah, sex that, or whatever? Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I mean, porn is no dating service. Like, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, a lot of the times, and we show that in the scene as well, when Taylor shoots his first scene, um, it is really like that, that, that they, we, we, we're hopping into the scene when they're on a the break, and that's the first time that they actually talk and, 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 and connect. Because a lot of the times it's like, okay, you get there, and then you either work with your partner or not, because they say it's not a dating service. Like, if you want to bring your acting skills, yeah, if you're not into yeah. it, you gotta fake it. Right, you gotta yeah. you gotta fake it, and yeah. uh, and how how else you can fake other things uh, we show in the show as I well. I didn't know that there was like fake sperm. Oh, we yeah. don't we don't show the fake sperm though. Yeah, but no, no, no. There is such a thing. There is such yeah, a yeah. thing. How often, as, a, as yeah. somebody who, who watches a fair amount, how often really? how often would they bring that out? The fake stuff. Um, uh, once I've, in a while? I've, yeah, once in a while. Um, uh, uh, a lot of the times when they do pictures before, because when, uh, they, do, when they do pictures of the whole scene yeah. so that the performer doesn't have to come multiple times, right. then, then they just for the cum shot, it's like, and that's really that's really <laughs> funny because if someone like Mr. Pam does it, it's like, it's like a, little, a little squirt here. And it's, it's either that loop that looks like fake sperm right. or um, um, hand soap. Right. Um, it's like that. Oh, yeah, that's like, a good sub. Yeah, yeah, it looks no. it looks like that. You can just not put it in mouth or anything. I think it tastes really bad. <laughs> wow, that's fun. But um, we also talk about uh, how on the porn set you get an erection and and all of that. But yeah. as it says in the pro- program, it's all a work of fiction. It's right. not that it's really it's like inspired that. By. It's inspired. Yes. By. inspired by. What do people in the industry think of your show? Have they, um, obviously, one of the it's biggest, just about to open. Yeah, one of the biggest sponsors actually Falcon Studios. Uh, yeah. one of the biggest gay gay studios. Porn studios in in the world, I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim uh, Valenti is the CEO, and Mr. Pam works for him. And they both mm-hmm. came to the to the yeah, stage reading wonderful. that we did in October, and uh, and they loved the show so much. Tim got a little drunk afterwards, and he was crying too. Like he was <laughs> like very emotional. Were what what yeah. what's that about? Because I don't know the tone of your show. I think it's, it's not. I, it doesn't sound like a tragedy. Uh, to me, I think it's the humanization yeah. of yeah. these people. Because you know, I mean, we're still talking about an industry that's still on the fringe. Mm. Right. Even Stormy Daniels is sort mm. of a punchline. Yeah. And I think she's it kind is. of awesome. She well, is. She's, she's kind of a badass. badass. A friend, smart. A friend, of mine, humor. a friend of okay. mine said, uh, okay. you take us on a lovely uh, on a lovely ride from yeah. uh, innocence to curiosity to heartbreak death and a hopeful future. Nice. That's nice. Yeah, and that's and I think like you really like you we have like this roller coaster ride. And I was also a little inspired from like movies like the nineties movies like Pretty Woman. Especially I think like in the end, like that like that It's very romantic. It's very little mermaid, pretty woman. Yes. We can't give it away with Lou. Because I want I want people to to see the show and and, uh, because I also wanted it's a it's as I said, it's a gay couple, it's two men. One of the things Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, I wanted to give it a happy end. Because a lot of gay, uh, like Brokeback Mountain or Call Me right, by Your yeah. Name, they have yeah. they have uh, it's a tragic ending. Yeah, it's yeah. tragic ending, and it sometimes makes you feel like you're gay. You don't deserve a happy ending. Right. In my show, I wanted to have a happy ending for them, and um, um, 
Eric and Thomas that with with the beautiful music, as you said, because mm -hmm. a lot of people think the show is campy and it's it's really bad music. But but thanks so to Thomas, we have it's Broadway. Like we really have Broadway music, yeah. and and Carol has this wonderful song. And I'm breaking um, mm -hmm. Broadway um, uh, uh, musical writing a little bit yeah. because I give you the last big, the last big song. Not the lead has the last big right. song, but mm -hmm. you because I wanted to like she. She has one of the most important songs in the show where it's all about humanizing the, the right. It's sort of having yeah. a giving, giving over a big picture yeah. kind of look. Yeah, and, yeah. and summing up what she's so amazing. Oh, she's so I can't wait to see yes. it. So exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, what this makes me nostalgic in a way. Because there used to be a more plays like this. It feels like more gay plays that were a little sexy or that, were, that would run for a long time and they'd be done. And it felt like that was over. So when I saw that this was happening and it was, mm -hmm. it's got a nice flyer and a big cast. And, and the costumes. And the costumes. Yeah. It just feels like, oh, it's not over. No, yeah, it's far from it. Right? Maybe it's a yeah. renaissance. But it does, yeah, yeah, it feels like we need, this decade needs its... You know, making porn or naked boy singing or right, whatever those those shows were. But the thing were, about shooting star is also my director Michael Bello uh, pointed that out. Mm -hmm. He said, "Wonderful director." Um, he said. One of the things I love about the show, it is not about being gay. Nobody has a coming out in the show, and it's right. not about AIDS or HIV. Like nobody's dealing with an, with an. It's, it's, it's all the subject matter in the show is something that everybody can relate to. And after one of the readings that we had, an older woman said, "You know, I can uh, relate to the older porn star the most, the, the male older porn star, because yeah. she said that's what usually happens to us women. Um, once when we're old and not sexy anymore, society drops us like right. a hot potato. So there's in the show." you find something that everybody can relate to. Nice. Yeah. It seemed like it was a bit of a charmed show. Like, you kind of put this energy out there and then somebody picked up on it from that. Has that been your experience with it? Yeah, and people always say one of the biggest selling points with the show was your face like when I light up and 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 right. talk and talk about yeah, the show you have a nice energy around yeah, yeah and yeah. that's and 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 yeah because one of the challenges was to produce the show uh, to get the funding because um, we did a we did a concert at Lincoln Center um, Broadway's future we had two songs in there and every time when I say it's a love story set in the world of gay porn you hear giggling people are right. like ah. um, and that was also the reaction for for producers. Um, some of them are gay, and they're like, "No, it's a little bit too close to home. We want to see how it develops." So one of my friends, um, who wrote Com "Confession of a, of, a, of a Mormon Boy," um, he Steven fails. Yes, I know him. He, he said, um, "You know, nobody's going to care about your show as much as you do. Produce it yourself. You only need a good lawyer." Right. And so I did that, and uh, I asked Raquel after the, the the stage reading. I said, "How much money do we need uh, uh, to make this happen in 2019?" And she gave me a number, um, how much money I had to raise, and I did that then uh, over New Year's and and started raising the money, and it's been an amazing challenge. Um, but I also said I got sponsors. Um, that's why we have Marco Marco as an underwear sponsor. They're nice. also doing all the costumes for Mr. Sue. They're all custom, nice. custom made. As at Falcon Studios, we have Swiss Navy Lube uh, right. as, as, as sponsors. So we have several several sponsors. Also, um, Cell Block 13 for some of the outfits. So I've been gathering all these people together. And friends who got excited about the show, new people that I met that gave us money. So I, it's not just my first show as a writer, um, but also a producer it's as well. Whole, it's a full-time yeah. 
yeah. it's consuming. I think right? I got like I, I aged like ten ten years in the last uh, in the last month and a half. But it's so exciting, right? It is, but I'm also a little a little scared, um, right? Of course, because uh, we have a, we have a big show, and uh, it, as it always is, I guess like you you feel like we're like you could use like another week of rehearsals, right? But no, tonight we're gonna be we're gonna have our first audience wow. uh, previews. So Tomorrow is, is opening night. Yeah, it is a great show. What are you wearing for opening night? Do you have an outfit? Um, I probably wear what was it uh, uh, with that that gay skater uh, wore oh, the yeah. white shirt with, with the black, black harness. harness. That was a good look. <laughs> I, I was know. like Johnny. I thought like it works. It works for this show. Yeah. Okay. Here's a couple of questions you picked from the observation deck. When was the time you gave into peer pressure? Um, so we talk in the show about um, how porn performers um, uh, get an erection for a right. long time. And um, yes, there is a blue pill or some other color that right. we take, but there's also some penis injections, um, dick injections to get uh, a hard on. And, uh, and so I hate needles. I, Who does me, that? me too. Me too. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the thing. Like I've never, I'm going to be 47 in a few months. Um, I've never done drugs in my entire life. Like right. pure Depression never worked, but I was on the set. My second scene was like a, a, a six sum, like yeah, a, that's a, a, little, a little orgy, and everybody was doing these these dick injections, and I was like, okay, if you guys are doing that, if that's okay, all yeah, the, it's all okay, the cool it's kids safe. are doing it. Yeah, so I did it too, and yeah. they gave me a little bit too much, so I had like a twenty to twenty two hour erection. Oh my god! So I had to go to the hospital, but but on the way to the hospital, it finally went down, and and it works as my movies can can show now. Right. That was that was in twenty twelve when that when that happened. But that was definitely peer pressure that that worked, and you can also see that in the show. Not a twenty two hour erection, right. but. Taylor has his fair share so you, you, of... you got the injection. Did it hurt when you got it? Or no? Yeah, it, 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 it hurts always, yeah. It hurts. It, it is something that has been used for erectile dysfunctions yeah. before Viagra was around. Yeah. Um, so it is... It is prescription medication. Like you have to have a, 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 um, um, like a what is a, a prescription, prescription for yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it was not. So a, you finish shooting and you're like, guys. This is I was so actually go-go dancing afterwards at the revolver, and I thought like, okay, well, maybe a little hard on was gonna help yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but at that point, it started it started hurting, and every Viagra commercial tells you after six hours you have to go to the hospital. But yeah. I was really scared because I don't want to say what happens actually when right. you go to the hospital because it's really awful. But as I said, I, it didn't have to. It didn't happen. I had at that time a convertible because I was that was in L.A. I had a BMW, an old convertible, and I guess when I was driving to Cedar Sinai, the sun was shining on my on my lap and right. I think like that the heat like finally brought my dick down there you go so you didn't actually end up going to the hospital correct yes but if you God. had it would not have been fun they would have not have been fun no from what you hear about people yes. that have had that before yes because wow. then it has to be drained and that's not oh that's, that's not, not pretty, pretty. No. did you continue to, to do it after that every portion? once every once in a while right. um, um, I did it but but uh, for me usually like a blue pill helps that's all you need yeah well here's what I want to ask you the, the porn industry has changed so much yeah. like this you were in 2012 around in that mm-hmm. era but now it's all just for fans it's like mm-hmm. like the, the traditional Someone companies did his research yeah well <laughs> I, you know I dabble the business has changed so much are the, the traditional companies are they still doing what they're doing is it how different is the landscape from what you started to write about um well, 
the a good question, actually. A good, good question because... I keep thinking yeah. these big companies are just going to go out of business. Um, they didn't, but they merged. Um, like okay. there, there was um, uh, Naked Sword, Falcon, Raging Stallion, and Hot House, and they all merged into one. That's now Falcon Studios. There's one big company Yeah, now. that's one big company, and they all moved to Ve- to Vegas. Like the whole, uh, all of these companies now as, as one, they're in Vegas, and they're shooting, they're shooting their porn there. Wow. Um, I call it, like, there's still those glamour studios yeah. uh, that... that like I said, Falcon, Raging Stallion, uh, uh, Man.com, they still pay good money for right. their for their um, performers. Um, but then there's also like a lot of the like bareback studios, um, like the with without. A, I mean, a lot of lots of studios now, thanks to prep and thanks to U equals U, are yeah. not not using condoms anymore. Right. Um, and uh, but traditionally, like these non-condom studios were the smaller ones where you're done in like between two to three hours because those glamour studios can take like nine hours. Right. Uh, they can take long for a shoot because, as I said, it's super professional. Yeah. And uh, they set the lights, and 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 that that takes takes its time. Um, but the smaller studios, of course, like they 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 don't pay that well, and my my pay is almost like half of what what uh, what it is when I started, what it was when I started. Um, but the You're good, paying now. The, my pay now. Yeah, yeah. You, you still. So you do still. Yeah, do I'm the still work. in the. I'm still in the industry. So I'm right. still in the industry. I'm, I took a, a break now, um, yeah. and uh, but I, I think I'm gonna go back because. Um, the thing is, people always say like the internet ki- killed porn, um, but it, it didn't. Uh, yes, it people, people, it. yeah, people are getting their porn now for free, or OnlyFans and Just for Fans are sites where you can create your own porn yeah. and can, can create your own. You have basically your own little porn studio. Right. Um, but there's still people out there who want to see like a, a great produced Falcon movie, um, uh, 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 Helix um, movies um, at the at the Gavian Awards in January. I didn't win anything. I was nominated. The Gavians happened before the Avians, the Adult Video Network right. Awards, and they're huge. And I said, the Gavians, just for the gay adult film industry, we have the cockies in the show. Right. They're modeled after the Gavians. And um, the CEO of Helix said, you know, there's no, there's no need to stay in the, sh- in the shadows anymore. Like, our production value of porn these days can compare to mainstream media. Right. It's like, we don't have to hide in the, in the, in the shadows any, in, anymore. Um, so, so there is, on one hand, as I said, there's, there's still people that want to see great production value. Right. Mr. Pam, like she's, she shoots a lot for Naked for Naked Sword and now also for Falcon, and like they have movies where they they just they just shoot, shot a whole movie in London. They go to London to Manchester, yeah. where it's I forgot the title of it, but it's like a whole storyline, but it has right. porn in it. And then yes, you have those those uh, those sites um, where it looks like somebody was filming porn with a with a with a with, with a cell iPhone. phone, yeah, yeah. With, a, with an iPhone. But the good thing is for the for for the internet or with the internet is um, there's now uh, niches for every taste. Yeah. So even if I I could do porn until I'm 60 because right. at some point you turn into a, 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 the ultra daddy. Right. And I mean I am already a daddy even though I feel more like an uncle. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, um, you turn into daddy and you can basically do porn as long as you want to. Right. And you also like when I when we started watching porn everybody looked like a falcon model. Right. You remember like the the like I started watching they porn were when they had, right yeah when they had these these tan lines and white and yeah. wide socks and all of that. Uh, and now you have porn for every taste. You have alternative dudes, you have yeah. the bears, you have the otters, you have the twinks. Right. Um, so as I said, like the, 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 the internet created work for, for many, many, many um, for many, many performers right. and not just for one type. 
It sounds like your life changed a lot when you got into that world. Yeah, and also because it's that the, the, the idea for the, for Shooting Star was born. And I think like people have been telling me because it's written by someone who experienced it, it's without any judgment. Like I'm showing you this world, but I'm also not showing you like, oh, everything's great. Like everything's great. This is like right. just too porn. As I said, I, I show you these different, di- these different opinions, um, these different things that are happening. Um, and then also, as I said, especially with HIV education, because I always wanted to change the world. And Scientology, unfortunately, uses the same phrase, change one life, change the world. Right. Um, and I feel like I, I, I can do that ever since I started uh, talking about my HIV infection. People people been um, saying, like, wow, like I, I, I feel the same way. I feel like you. I'm not as open, but just hearing someone like you, right. that gives me hope. When was the first time you sort of opened up about it? Um, in twenty in twenty fourteen, I told my parents after right. I, I I got infected in two thousand one because I didn't get it was not while I was doing uh, porn. Right. I even put that in our program because right. people are like, oh, did you get it when you were doing porn? I said no in two thousand and one. And the reason why I'm why I'm following my dreams, why I came to the states in two thousand two, why I started doing porn, why I started writing the show is I was never sick, but but a positive HIV inf- uh, 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 status status um, makes you see that our life like it, it confronts you with our with your own mortality right like you know that our lives are not uh, infinite right and, and I was really like I decided to live my positive life positive but still um, it took me several years because then I moved to the I moved to far away from my parents and I moved to the states I didn't want to worry them so it took me until 2014 that I finally told, told them, them the truth about it. yeah because yeah. my, my brother had cancer at that time and uh, uh, testicle cancer because he did too many steroids wow um, and the whole family was with him and I never had that my family of friends was was with me and at that point I was like I I, I want to talk to them and show them I'm healthy and, and I never get sick and everything's great but I also want to have this pat on the on the back and saying like hey you you kick you know like people always say I, I kick cancer's ass right it's like I kicked HIV's ass like I didn't I didn't dic- let it dictate my life or my right. my happiness and um, I told my parents my mom was just a little sad because she said um Oh, it's always emotional. Um, that I, I I I didn't trust in the family, and my and my and my, my dad said like you know uh, uh, when you came out and we said uh, we love you no matter what because at that time I also told them that I was a porn performer because right. I started porn when in twenty twelve. Yeah. Yes, I, I told them about the HIV infection, and then I said you know by the way I also I'm also a very successful porn performer, but I'm very happy in my life. Hopefully, it can be happy for me. And since then, I found out how amazing my parents are because they know of, of everything, and I don't have any I don't have to have any secrets and I said now with shooting star becoming more and more successful I said you know people will start talking about it there's also some German TV stations like they actually wanted to come here to, to, to LA and follow us and then make a documentary about that in Germany but they realized how expensive it would have been right. and my parents would be okay with it like I got they said like people talk all the time so so, so what are you gonna do that's great though yeah that you're all on it. And then I said in 2014, and after I told my parents, I actually put it as my Facebook status because I said, um, I never want to compare HIV with cancer, but it's 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 one of these things like people who have cancer, they can talk openly talk about it. And a positive test result, uh, a lot of the times people feel like they can't open up because you have to be afraid in, uh, in, in your job even. Like my friend said, like I work a, co- a co- corporate job, um, they know I'm gay, that's already, that's still uh, an issue. And, right. and, and if they knew that, that they're HIV positive, they're like, 
know. It's like maybe you get sick. So, so that's what I said on, on my Facebook posting then and, and talked about it. And I, I got really great feedback from my friends. And that's when one of my friends said, like, you know, just by speaking the truth, you help other people. And that's when I opened up. And then in Germany, I've been working for the German AIDS Foundation. Um, they say like porn star Hans Berlin comes to town, but Florian talks about his HIV infection. Right. Um, and so I tell, tell like a couple of secrets from the porn world, right. and uh, and then um, educate about safer sex options. And prep was just introduced to the to the German market. And also one of the things, the U equals U message. Um, it's ten years now. In, tw- in two thousand and eight, the Swiss study said if someone is on on effective medication and and the viral load is undetectable, so so very little viral that you can't detect it in, the, in, in your blood anymore. So there's no transmission. Whereas, whereas there's no virus, there's no transmission. And that's still one of the things that a lot of people don't know. And one of my friends, Bruce Richmond, he started the U equals U campaign. And thanks to him, the CDC also picked it up then and, 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 and put it on the that's website. That's the Center for Disease Control. Yeah, the Center for Disease Control. Nice. And also for people who are on, on Grinder and Scruff. Yeah. Um, Grinder for a long time had uh, uh, undetectable viral load uh, means uh, almost no risk for an HIV infection. Right. And, and Bruce is behind it and that it says undetectable means no risk. Right. Um, nothing in life is 100% uh, right. uh, uh, safe, um, but as I said, the chances are so very little that the, the chances of a condom breaking are, are higher than... Because tra- so far, there hasn't been any uh, HIV transmission from someone who's undetectable. Right. So, and, and Bruce Richmond uh, said he started that campaign, and when I got my Grabby, the porn right, award in, two, in 2017, that's when then I talked about it that, that um, we, we have to educate more about HIV yeah. infection and that. What did you write on your Facebook post? Was it a longer post, or how did you? Well, no, I started it with really with saying, I have cancer. Yeah. Um, I said, no, I, I don't. But if I had, you would know right away all my friends. But but I'm HIV positive. I've had that virus for 13 years now, and you don't really talk about it uh, when you have it. But I said, I'm done hiding. I don't I don't want to. Um, um, I don't want to forget about that because. Um, it's such a big, it, it, it was something that changed me so much in my in my life, and I always say if I could turn back time and make it unhappen, I wouldn't do it because the person, the man that I am today, is because of this. Right, it drove everything. Because I do feel that's true. I mean, everybody's different, but like if somebody in your in your in your circle, your friend or whatever, is going through cancer, you kind of have a a chart of the ups and downs. Oh, they yeah. were cancer free. Oh, it, they're back. Like you have a. You have a sense of how they're doing with it yeah. generally, a little bit more, but you never hear those kind of um, status updates. Right. You don't share that kind of news. It's yeah. kind of like, if it gets bad, let me know. Yeah. But otherwise, it's different, right? Yeah. It's different than for other me, For me, the, as, 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 as I said, like, yeah, especially with, with uh, HIV prevention, like you, you try to stay away from as a comparing cancer with, with, right. with, with HIV. Um, for me, it was always a support system that the way that my brother um, had a support system when he got tested with cancer and everything's fine, like he, be, he right. beat cancer, um, but he had this, this, this really amazing support system that I never had. Like I always felt like, okay, I have to hide in the, in the, in the shadow and, uh, 
can't openly talk about it because I said it was 2001. In 2001, I mean, in, in our part of the world, people were not dying anymore. But the the U equals U knowledge, we didn't know that. Yeah. So it was it was still that time when you thought, okay, I'm positive now. I can still give that virus yeah. to someone. Right. There was that everyone was right on thin ice. Yeah. Because it is said in 2008, the the Swiss study, because it was done in Switzerland, that was the first time it was between straight couples where they found out like uh, a, a woman wanted to have be, be, become pregnant from from a man who was HIV positive but undetectable, right. and and there was no transmission to 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 her. Right. So as I said, so far there's never been any transmission. Um, for, for uh, from someone who's undetectable. All right, you picked another question from the observation deck. Yeah. Where were you when you found out that Michael Jackson had died? Um, I was a, at the at the the Chateau Marmont. Um, Shooting a movie, but actually not a porn movie. It was back then in the days right. when I was um, when I was still pursuing my acting career. So I was an extra, and I was in a lounge chair. Right. And I remember that they, I think they looked on and TMZ brought it first. Like they had like some some TMZ right. news ticker, and uh, and they said it because it was shortly after Farrah Fawcett died. Right. It was remember? the same day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, rem- I remember we were we were lounging, and they were shooting. Sophia Coppola's movie, and I remember the one with Stephen. Yes, yeah, 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 right. And I'm and right, and I am in when they're at the at the at the chateau yeah. and, and uh, by the pool. Like I'm one of the hotel guests, and it was great because we were just all day. We we're just sun 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 tanning. Yeah. But then I said, yeah, Michael Jackson died. And when I lived in L.A., I lived very close to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So right. I remember it was always on the way to the gym and, like, the, this, this the flower bed yeah. got bigger and bigger. Do you remember what you yeah. hear on that? Yeah. Yeah, when it happened. Yeah. Where do you live now? Where's home for you? Um, in 2015, I moved back to New York because yeah. of the show because um, New York is more of a theater town sure. than, than L.A. Um but because uh, the show starts in L.A., it's like that whole Hollywood dream. And because of all the connections that I have here and because right. L.A. is far away from New York, that's why we decided to do it like the big shows and do out-of-town tryouts in L.A. Yeah. So and you're just out here temporarily to do the show. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm staying with a friend of mine in my in my old neighborhood yeah. um, in 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 Hollywood. I'm using those scooters now a lot. Right, they're all over the yes. place. You're zipping around because I hate driving. I'm I'm constantly late, and yeah. and I had like two accidents when I lived in LA because yeah. I was I was reckless driving because I was too late. So I love public transportation. I love walking. It's nice to visit LA, but the whole driving just just drives me yeah, crazy. Yeah, so you're not you're over it. Yeah. Okay. How can people learn about the show, and how can they come come and see it? That's why I gave you our I cheat, know, our little right? cheat sheet because I need yeah. the, I need that too. Okay. So. I think, for me, always the best way is just to go online to Google and Google Shooting Star, the Hudson Theater, Hollywood, and everything comes up. Right. Or you go to our specific website, which is onstage411.com slash star. And how long does it run for? Uh, we have a strictly limited engagement until June 30th. So Friday, Saturday at 8 o'clock, and Sunday at 3 p.m. Nice. I love it. Yeah. When you're watching it and it's happening, what, what's your favorite part of it when they're rehearsing or whatever? It's in general. It's been it's been so amazing because, as I said, I wrote this in my old kids' room, like yeah. uh, in my parents' place, uh-huh. and uh, it was all in my head. And now, what Jim Cooney, my choreographer, and Michael Bella, the director, did is like so much bigger than I had ever imagined it. Um, I think for me the, the greatest part are the group numbers where this family feeling that I had with Mr. Sue as like the the mother hen, the gay porn mo- yeah. mom. Um, they gather around in this this feeling of a family of, of of togetherness. I think like that's that I 
that's my favorite moment, the, the favorite moments in the show. Yeah. Because um, I feel like it really translates, um, and I love the end. Like I'm, as I said, I'm I'm a sucker for that. Right. Moment. It's got yeah. that that happy ending. All right. It's been really fun talking to you. I can't wait to see it. And when a, are you going to see it? I don't know. I have to figure it out. Have a great opening. Thank you so much. Okay. Carol, you picked a few questions, too, from the observation deck, and you just <laughs> snuck out of your um, backstage... Uh, tag team interview. Tag team interview. Okay. Yeah. What was your favorite toy as a kid? Oh, my God. I had this monkey named Bobby um, that my mom said I threw a temper tantrum in the train station right. <laughs> at the mall. But I think it was kind of a popular toy at the time. It had, like, a yellow body okay. with black arms and a rubber head and... And it had a little banana that was attached to its hand, and you could put its thumb. That sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. So you had a tantrum making her buy it. Oh, yeah. My mom used to keep me on a leash when I was a kid. Literally? Yeah, literally, because I was always wandering. And then we passed the toy in this window, and I just stopped. And I looked at him, and I said, I want that monkey. (laughs) My mom said, no, we can't have the monkey. She said, I threw myself to the ground. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it, and that monkey stayed with me for... For many years. many years. I love it. Okay. What's your best random celebrity sighting? Oh, Little Richard. When oh, I that's first, amazing. Little Richard. This was when we were right after we did the musical theater workshop. Right. I was really depressed because I was living with these roommates, you know, eating instant potato flakes. Right. I was sitting at a bus stop over here on Sunset Boulevard in front right. of that church, the hub that... Near uh, Crossroads of the World, right? That Catholic church there. I was really depressed and like, oh, what am I doing being an actor? And this long limousine pulled up, the window rolled down. Little Richard stuck his head out and said, "I just want to tell you, you are looking good today." Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> just, That's amazing. It just did something to me. I said, "Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Richard." And he goes, "God yeah. bless you, girl. God bless you." So that was kind of like the second miracle. And you said, that "Mr. I, Richard." I said, "Mr. Richard." I, I love did. that you called him Mr. Well, Richard. Well, you know, out of respect, That's you know, amazing. my mom's a Southern girl, so, That's so you know, cool. it was awesome. It was like one of the happiest memories, you know, being a depressed actor in yes. LA and thinking, "What am I doing?" You yeah, know? I'm not. I don't have it. I like, <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing with my yeah, life? Yeah. You said there was another miracle. Yeah, it was also right after the workshop. Um, I had like seven dollars to my name. And um, I had to leave my apartment off Lafayette Park Place, you know, um, after the workshop had ended. And um, I was going by a friend's house. He was going to make me dinner because I didn't have any food in the house. Yeah. And uh, also, I didn't have any money in my car for gas, so I thought I'd have just enough to make it to his house. Right. Didn't make it. Broke down right in front of that church. Oh, wow. Then this homeless man came up to me, leaned in my car and said, Sister, you okay? And he had like these green eyes and he was really tall and just kind of, just very striking looking. And he said, you know what I'll do, because there was a gas station up a couple of blocks, he doesn't want to push your car up the street so you can get some gas. And he gave me money. He gave me like $5 to put wow. gas in my car. So he pushed my car to the station and I got out of the car and I turned around to say thank you and he was gone. There was no one up the street, there was no one down the street. It was almost like he... It was like, and and I call him my guardian angel to this day because I have no idea who that man was. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it was uh, two miracles in front of that church. That's amazing. Okay, here's another uh, card that you you picked. What does your family think of what you do for work? Oh, my mom still wishes I would come home so she could continue to raise me. Oh yeah, she just liked (laughs) raising you. Well, she didn't really take acting seriously and still I and this business until I won uh, awards for my writing. I wrote this play called The Princess and the Black Eyed Pea, and I won yeah. a Richard Rogers Award and a John Larson Foundation grant. Amazing. Yeah, so um, I think now she's just getting it. Right. You know, just starting to appreciate it. 
Um, but you've done so much work. You've done so many different kinds of things. Yeah, and when I do a TV thing, then their eyes perk up. Because they I, can tell people and it's yeah. on, they understand it. It's when on I, their TV. Yeah, when I did, uh, I did uh, 42, the Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Film. I had a nice feature in that. Most of it ended up, of course, on the editing floor, but there's still a little cameo that I have in it. They're like, oh, you did that. So, But the writing somehow they They made, clicked into that. They made a connection with. What has yeah. the writing meant to you? Is it giving you a little more... Has it been it's, empowering in a way? Because you can control it? Well, that's a whole other interview, baby. Right. Because <laughs> I went through kind of the nightmare experience of right. that whole roller coaster ride of my first musical, winning all these awards, getting all this attention. Right. Having, uh, having songs done at Carnegie Hall right. with the orchestra and... And getting a letter from Stephen Sondheim. Wow. Uh, sitting next to John Guare. John yeah. Guare at the Richard Rogers uh, American Academy of Marks and Letters. And him gossiping Amazing. to me about people coming up for their awards. Yeah. So, and uh, having wonderful responses to the work and then having it kind of taken from me by other people who wanted to capitalize off of it was oh. really intense. So I just started to get back into the writing Yeah, because it took me a while, I guess, to recover from that, Yeah, I think, and that to find sense. my voice. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's why I love working on new projects like this because right. I know how hard it is to get a new work up and to get that kind of support. Right. And I believe in this piece and I want to be supportive of it. I love that you're doing it. I love that you reach out to me about it. We yeah. were in this workshop together, like we said. For me, it changed my life because it got me out to L.A. And it, I think the next chapter for me was working on cruise ships. And I think mm-hmm. I was only able to get that job because of the dance intensity oh, of, yeah. of that program. And so, oh, yeah. in a way, it set off a whole string of events. Um, but it was also heavy and, like, you know, there was, was a lot un- going on. What did it mean to you, that workshop? Well, it, it changed my life. Right. It, you know, and I think, as you know, I was probably the director's pet favorite. You know, yeah. I think he picked out, he kind of picked and chose. And I think it was random. Um, and I know was, that he had certain boys that he liked in a gay way, and I wasn't yeah. one of them. He thought I needed to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> and he was, was right. he was right then, and he's still right. But, but, um, the, but the perceptions about that have changed also, yeah. too. You know, because now there's, there's all types. There's... Uh, a, a leap forward in our consciousness yeah. about body awareness and and really loving the temples that we're in and honoring what that is. Right. And even being out and being an artist right. has changed too. You know, um, thank God for the people that came before us. Well, that whole I, that whole that. attitude of that place, I think, especially this, the main guy was. We're going to toughen you up. We're going to be rough on you. And we're going to... And that was the old school. I had a ballet yeah. teacher that was very much about that. Um, this is for your own good. But you kind of... But you, but then, you know, when you're, when you're kind of also... But it's a divide and conquer mentality. You yeah. Know, those of us that were maybe the favorites, yeah. I don't think really fared better off yeah. either way because we were subjected to a different kind of emotional abuse, which he and I had a falling out years later because he did help me with some jobs and referring me to things. But at the same time, he wanted a type of control over my creativity and also was doing... Number. Yeah, a number on me, too. And it wasn't until I got into therapy and understood, oh, okay, that's really That's not entirely healthy. Yeah, it's not healthy. It's not appropriate. So I got away from that. Wow. Which I'm glad I did. We need to have about 10 lunches. We do, baby. Because there's a lot to unpack with that. There's a lot to unpack with that. But there are a lot of teachers, and and it's it's a power trip because there's a lot of things about being an artist where you feel disempowered. And people are, uh, they see uh, your work as a way of exploiting for monetary gain, and they don't want you to really know what your power is. Right. You know, because they can maintain control. Yeah. Um, 
One of my favorite memories of that workshop, though, is we did a scene together from No Strings. No strings. We had songs yes. together, and it was a love scene, and we kissed and stuff. When the sun comes up, the scenes are up and the main place. And I think we did it once, and it didn't go great. And then I remember he worked with us. They worked with us for, like, hours, one whole night on that. Yeah. And I think we got to a better place. We it got was, to a great place. I and I remember that. feeling proud of, like... We should have. You were great. Of we enduring should, we, that. Of, like... We should just co-produce a small production that you and I do it. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was wild, though. But I remember, like, feeling like, oh, we took up the whole night. Like, I I remember they sort of worked with us for a while. We were worth it. We were were worth it. We were worth it. Um, I think if I could go back and talk to young people about a career in the arts or creative, I, I think I would talk about resilience. Yeah. I think I would talk about developing that as a muscle and thinking about being conscious about... When things don't go my way, how do I, mm-hmm. what it's do like I tell myself line. about it? It's I think I would talk about that more than like, you need to point your feet or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's knowing yourself. It's knowing that you have a voice. It's always having the power to say no. Yeah. And and, and respecting your own artistry and integrity and your voice. I mean, as a young person, we think we're invincible because we don't really know everything. Right. Um, you're, to me, I always wanted to be, I wasn't interested in becoming a star. My intention was to be a working actor. I right. wanted to make my living as an actor. And I managed to do that and pretty successfully. It. Yeah, there have yes. been, ta- been dry spells where I had to go and get other jobs. Right. But it was always with the intention of coming back. I would always find a job that <laughs> wouldn't demand too much of my psychic, creative, and physical space right. and was willing to leave at the drop of a hat right. so I managed to do that but it's also trying it's also about learning as much as you can about different things and eventually coming to a place of not being afraid to step into my own creativity you know to varying degrees of success but at least it's mine but it's yours but it's aren't mine. you proud of that I, I am I'm proud that yeah. I did my thing and I went for it I'm glad you did too are you because are life you? is short right <laughs> I don't have that thing of boy I should what if I had had the courage and there's to try? Nothing, and there's nothing keeping you from stepping back into it at any time yeah. in your life and, right. and living that out. And uh, I, 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 one of the challenges, I would say, do something that you're afraid of. Yeah. Challenge yourself. You know, you may succeed at it, you may not, but what is it that you want to get out of it? You know, I don't right. feel like I have anything to prove. I just want to be a part of projects that I believe in, right. that I love, that I feel are bringing something positive to our culture, to that's still speak. I'm still idealistic that way, right. I think. But also stuff that I enjoy right. and, and want to lend my talents and time to. You know, well, and what I love is looking over your credits. Like, you've done Fences and you've done A Little Night Music and these sort of classics. Yeah. And then you're doing this fun new porn musical. musical. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of sexuality and, right. and, and just that beautiful divine thing about life that that's you know why shouldn't we enjoy that and i'm also a 55 year old woman going through menopause right so my sexuality is like oh on the decline like that and it's funny i went to my doctor i can still sing about it and live it through (laughs) truly so this is my fantasy and uh you know i went to the doctor and she said to me uh, you know because i'm newlywed and i'm like no what's going on with my sex drive everyone talks about puberty but no one talks about menopause she said to me baby she said if you were a man i would have a pill for you right now she says as a woman i don't have anything for you Wow. And that's pretty heavy. It's like, but I feel like I'm still in my prime and I'm just finally getting to know myself. Don't tell me I'm losing my sexuality. Right. That sucks. Yeah. So I get to celebrate it in this kind of my own way. In different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or at least appreciate others. Right. You know, and and celebrate love because it's really about the heart connection. 
I love it. And you did this cool thing around pets. Yeah, the Pet Welfare Project. You've been uh, doing it for a while. A couple of years with the Children's Theater of Long Beach, yeah. It's a show called Buddy's Big Day Out. And you wrote it? I wrote it with Carol Weiss, who uh, is, I feel like she was part of the workshop. She might have been a pianist like, at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. She's played for everyone in right? every audition. Yeah. And uh, she became my manager and then an agent, and then she and her partner retired and sold the agency. I'm still with the agency. Right. And uh, so I wanted to teach kids about spay new adoption, uh, caring for their animal um, companions. And Love it. It's a, literally a pet project of mine. So. Yeah. Hopefully it'll come back again. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. it's really fun. Uh, um, final question. Yeah. And it, this may have changed from the days when we were in that workshop together. Why do you love it? Uh, you mean performing? Performing. I think it's, you know, early on I think my... Uh, intention was to hide from myself, uh, to escape pain growing up. Um, a lot of it was racism, you know, right. of being looked at a certain way and saying, well, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not worthy right. uh, to fill up space and have a voice. And there's still cultural messages that come through. With acting, I could step into roles of these different human beings and find, oh, I'm like you. How am I like a Desiree Armfeld? How right. am I like... Um, uh, a Sally Bowles. Right. How am I like? Uh, 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 I'm thinking of uh, Rose um, in Fences. Yeah. How am I like these other human beings? How am I unlike? And what connects us all in this experience of being a human being? And uh, to me, it's it's um, it's my service. It's my spiritual work. Mm -hmm. I think I've come to find because initially being a shy, awkward kid. Um, I found confidence, I found my voice, not knowing what that was, the initial, you know, and I think a lot of young people, you know, we're finding, we're just looking for someone to give us permission to be ourselves. Right. And that's what acting did for me. Right. And it still and does. To, and, yeah, and to try to find a better version of myself. Yeah. That, to me, is what it's ultimately about, and that's been a great journey. You know, I don't have to hide behind a character, but I could find more of myself expressing these different possibilities and these different ways of being, and that's liberating because that's infinite. Then, you know, we're just all these, um, we're really these beings in these bodies of infinite possibilities, different ways of being, and I think that's really exciting. I love it. I'm so proud of you, and I'm oh. so admire what you've done. I, oh, I, you did it. It's so sweet. Of all yeah, of us. Still doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, what is it, that thing that just drives you, that gets you up in the morning, that you just keep showing up and doing it? You right. Know? Um, I think that's also a big part of it, too. Yeah. And you like to do it. All right. I'll let you get back to work. You got your first yeah. performance in front of an audience tonight. Uh, this is our stage manager. Hi, stage manager. I'm, I'm an old friend of Carol's. We're doing a little publicity. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a great show tonight. Thank you. And I'm going to come see you soon. Thanks again to Florian Klein and Carol Foreman. Go see their show, Shooting Star, at the Hudson Theater in Los Angeles. Okay, so this happened. As you can tell, I got a nasty cold. It's kind of going away, I think. But boy, I had a few days in there where it just knocked me out. I had to miss... A New Kids on the Block, Debbie Gibson, Tiffany concert because I was so sick. And I had a ticket. Like, that'll tell you. Even though, actually, I don't care about New Kids or Tiffany, but I love me some Debbie Gibson. And my friend Danny was nice enough to record all of Lost in Your Eyes and send it to me on his, uh, on his phone. Um, she sang with Joy McIntyre. It was everything. Um, what else? I, so I have seen a few things. I loved Booksmart. I saw that in the theater. I thought it was great, and you should go see it. 
And then last night, I just watched the DVD of Three Identical Strangers. It was a documentary from last year. I'd been wanting to see it for a while. It's really good, and it's really sat with me. It brings up a lot of different stuff. Um, the premise is these three guys that were separated at birth and adopted into different families um, discover each other around the time they're like 1920, and it unfolds from there. And uh, there are lots of twists and turns and surprises, and I don't know. It's a little... I have to I have to think about it a bit. There's a lot going on, but I definitely recommend checking it out. All right, that's enough for this week. I am going to figure out when I'm going to go see Shooting Star. I'm very excited to see that. And maybe I'll see you this Saturday at Mod Pizza if you want to come play You Don't Know My Life. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.